0: For the week of May 5th, 2019, this is Star Wars TV Talk, where we dive deep into all things Star Wars TV, as well as the latest news coming out of Lucasfilm. With Celebration behind us and The Mandalorian still several months away, we thought it might be fun to take a look back at two of Lucasfilm's most beloved animated series, The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. So this week we are watching the premiere for the Clone Wars TV series, as well as the four shorts that preceded the premiere of Star Wars Rebels. And to help me with all this is always John. John, how you doing, man? Doing good, as always.
1: i um, excited to look at some vintage Lucasfilm animation with fresh eyes. Is it already considered? Well, let's see. Clone Wars was what? 2008, 2009, somewhere in there. So yeah, 10 years. That's a, that's a pretty long shelf life for an animated series. So kind of nice to be able to look at it uh, through the lens of someone who's now seen where the series unfolds, uh, even what the successor series did and and how they tied in some, you know, some characters and themes from Clone Wars. So it's kind of neat to have uh, the advantage of some time, you know, to, to hopefully give us a a new angle on really what the value of these cartoons is.
0: Well, let's get right into this clone wars episode. Shall we? Let's do it. All right. So clone wars season one, episode one ambush. This episode was released in October of 2008 and it was written by Stephen Melking and Dave Bullock directed by Dave Bullock directed. That is correct. (laughs) I butchered that. (laughs) So in an attempt to persuade the king of the Todarians to allow the Republic to build a supply base on Todaria, Yoda and his small group of clone troopers came into conflict with a troop of separatist droids led by none other than the Dooku trained Asajj Ventress, who has a similar proposal for the king. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about one of the... Big, I don't know, maybe one of the most distinguishing traits of this show is that every episode starts with a, a Jedi fortune cookie.
1: Yeah, a fortune cookie. And then they have kind of like the... um whatever those pre-rolls that they used to have in front of old movies where they would kind of give you the update from the front lines, like the war report, um, they, they kind of have a couple different themes there. Yeah. You've got that (laughs) sort of a little bit of wisdom to pepper the theme of the episode. And then you get kind of that really exciting, fast cut of like a montage of everything that's happening in the galaxy. Um, a very nice kind of stylistic choice that they went with. It kind of separates it from what you typically feel when, you know, a star Wars. Uh, property opens, you know, you get something quiet, then you get like the big fanfare and you get the crawl and all that kind of stuff. They've sidestepped all that. And it really helps to paint this series as, you know, sort of, sort of a war chronicle, which is obviously what they're going for. Um, so that's kind of a, a neat motif, the fortune cookie uh, wisdom at the beginning. Well, I think that's just so that maybe there's some educational merit, some value that younger uh, viewers can take away that, you know, maybe <laughs> Maybe we'll make it a more palatable thing for parents to let their kids watch. I'm not really sure why they needed that, but hey, it's fun. It ties
0: in. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, a foreshadowing thing. Sometimes the, the quote is typically played into like a foreshadowing of where the episode is right. going. And yeah. we know that Star Wars loves this whole foreshadowing stuff.
1: Yeah, it's definitely the theme in a nutshell or the lesson to take away.
0: Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's maybe uh the biggest portion here. But yeah, we get right into this and I, I love it. I was, I was reminded how much I love it. Uh, this is definitely a Yoda and Asajj focused episode. So what do you think about following these two characters around for like the premiere of the clone wars?
1: I thought that they handled Yoda very well because they didn't just make him sort of the action hero that he sort of morphed into at the end of, uh, attack of the clones, you know, like we saw him jumping around using his lightsaber going one-on-one with Dooku. So we kind of got a flavor of a new version of Yoda. So it would have been very easy for the series to simply rely on that to demonstrate his prowess. But in this, they kind of walk that line of the best way to uh, claim victory is to be thoughtful and to take your time and to go slow and to not rely on brute strength, but, to, you know, to, uh, find a more nuanced, clever, spiritual, <laughs> in a way of approaching warfare, if that isn't an oxymoron. Um, so I do like that Yoda had some. Well, more sort of fortune cookie wisdom for his clone troops and, you know, just showed that it isn't all about brute strength or the numbers, you know, droids really have uh, very little wits about them and, and Yoda can show, uh, just a better way. (laughs) And that really is the value of this episode.
0: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that they went this route of kind of starting off the the series. You know, of course, it really gets started with the film, but I just thought it was really interesting that they decided to, first episode that we're throwing viewers into, Yoda, very politically centric mm-hmm. episode of we're trying to get this base here um and I also think that it was really interesting that we got such a deep look at Asajj Ventress who you know before this time had only been referenced in the Star Wars legend lore um you know she wasn't really referenced in canon all that at much at, or if any um before uh, this right Oh
1: well, sort of ish before the Clone Wars movie and CG animated show, there were the, um, traditionally animated Samurai Jack-esque Clone Wars. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so she was featured in that because Anakin squares off with her in that. So she actually gets, you know, a a lot of screen time and, and a, a pretty, you know, clever story in that Mm -hmm. other version of Clone Wars, which isn't canon. So if we're, if we're simply going by Disney canon, then yeah, there's not a whole lot we can point to, but if you're starting the Clone Wars back in 2009 or whenever 18, you know this premiered right. and you're up on your Star Wars, you're already acquainted with her and what she's all about.
0: Yeah, and I actually watched because it was only like three or four episodes of that one kind of like uh, anim, more anime type of uh, TV show that they released. And so I can't remember how long it was, but I, I remember watching those and having posters of those up in my room. Mm-hmm. I was a little late to the Clone Wars game. Um, but I, I did watch the the OG Clone Wars, if you will. They yeah. came out a couple years before,
1: and. To our audience, that's worth looking up. If you can Mm -hmm. find a copy of it, uh, it is still out there. They actually did two seasons. The first season were really short, like just maybe three or four minutes long each, just little pastiche episodes, kind of like how they started um, Rebels, you know, with four little shorts, just proof of concept. But then because that went so well, they commissioned a second season, which if you kind of mash it together is sort of a more cohesive, longer story. Um, so that that's worth picking up. You know, you can digest the entire series of that in probably under an hour all in, but uh, a lot of fun to be had. You get to see the Jedi, uh, really kind of unleashing their, their fury in some ways that you don't get to see in live action stuff, or even, you know, the CG show, they don't, they don't do quite as much or not, not as creative use of their Jedi powers as they did in that show. So I liked it. Well worth checking out.
0: Yeah. And, and one of the things that I was getting on this episode is. Just thinking about how crucial this base is mm-hmm. and, um, you know, what what listeners at this age that are the primary viewers of this are taking away from it um, because it is like this is a huge thing to the point that Asajj makes the mistake of, oh, yeah, we're going to capture Yoda. <laughs> like you would think that Dooku would advise against that, but.
1: You'd think he'd know better, right? Like he didn't really fare that well. Last time he encountered Yoda, you wouldn't think he would just send his underling without a whole lot of backup to to square off against the most revered Jedi master. But for the convenience of this particular storyline, that's what we get. (laughs) And, uh, I, I, I actually wasn't sweating it. I thought that seeing a Sith apprentice, Uh, sort of champing at the bit and arrogant of their own strength and just, you know, all bluster. I was, I was okay with that. I think that that's kind of true to, uh, yeah, just the, the arrogance and self-absorbed nature of a dark side user would be a little cocky and think more of their power than maybe they should.
0: So what does this episode do well for you?
1: Uh, sets the tone of the series. You know, it's the first time, like I said, it's the first time that we get the sense that, oh, I get it. It's a war chronicle. You know, it's got a different tone, a different pace. Um, it's the first time that they really try to humanize the clone troopers and you get, you know, distinct characters and you realize, oh, okay, this is how we're going to, uh, flesh out this series is this is a war on many fronts. And it's not just faceless, nameless troopers. We're going to create identities for them and, you know, give them a bit more depth. So you start to get a sense of how they're going to, uh, you know, set the table for the series. And, uh, I, I think it's very effective in, in giving you a sense of what you're in for. And, um, to its credit, I think the writing was fairly strong on it coming off the clone wars movie, where I think maybe the, the biggest gripe that people could have with it is that. Uh, it's, it's not it's not very well written, you know, the dialogue's a little clunky and it's, it's not you know, super greatly paced, you know, it, it has some, some problems as kids yeah. fare, It's okay. But I felt like this, uh, felt a little bit more competent even than the movie. So I, I, I thought it, it left me thinking that, you know, there's, there's value to be had in the series. At least that's how I remember feeling the first time I watched it, watching it again, you kind of know, you know, what's coming, yeah. but, uh, that, that was my initial take on it.
0: The thing that I picked up on this watching of of this episode was the foreshadowing of the clone troopers and relationship with the Jedi. Okay. So we get Yoda who values their lives to the point where he says, hey, take off your helmets. Right. I want to see your faces. And they make the comment of, well, you're not going to see much because it's all the same face. Uh, but we see that he values the clone troopers mm-hmm. and it sets a stage as to why were the Jedi's running around with clone troopers? Why did they always have a troop of clone troopers and how did they feel about them? Which is kind of like this dark, you know, destiny type of, <laughs> of thing here is that the Jedi's for the most part really cared about these clone troopers and value their lives where the separatists didn't value the droids lives. Like, right. because you know, they're droids and, um, and it's just, Oh, you see Palpatine just behind the scenes, just kind of, setting everything up and that I didn't pick up the first time. So that's what I, I really loved about these episodes.
1: Yeah. There's definitely some irony, you know, that you can, uh, tap into when you know, you know, where things are going with order 66. And again, the, the movies, the live action fair, it doesn't give you enough time to dwell on individual characters to really build out relationships and really get a sense of how the Jedi feel about the clone troopers. Cause that's just not the story that the movies are trying to tell. So you get like a little sense that, oh yeah, Obi-Wan has some camaraderie with commander Cody, but that's like as much as you, you get a sense that there's any kind of uh, rapport that the Jedi right. have with the, the troops. So It's nice that with TV, it's a more long form format and you do get to dig a little deeper on kind of, you know, just the day-to-day nuts and bolts of how the the war was executed. And uh, that's, that's what's fun. That's, that's what we're starting to get a, a hint of with this. It's not super potent yet, but it's a good foundation.
0: Correct. Yeah. Well, there's another animated series that is acclaimed by both fans and critics. Very true. Uh, star Wars rebels. So let's go ahead and jump into our discussion of Star Wars Rebels. Okay. So this launched through, like you said, a series of shorts that are about three to four minutes each that introduced us to the main characters and gave us a little background information as to who they are, how they kind of got together, and the direction that they're going in a sense. Right. And so these shorts were written in a collection and creative uh, camaraderie by Greg Wiseman, Henry Gilroy, and Simon Kinberg. Mm Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about these shorts is now you have an opportunity and back then they released them on YouTube because they want people to watch them before they, you know, get too super invested yeah. in the show. And if you're like me and you're in the United States, I don't know what the streaming services are like overseas, but we don't have a way to stream, uh, rebels like on Netflix or Hulu. Um, I think we have the last season on Hulu, oh, okay. um, But yeah, we don't have it on Netflix. So if you're someone like me who has to make an investment and spend, you know, like $20 to get a season of this show, you can get a feel for it on YouTube legally and then decide like, oh, I'm really interested in these characters. Sure. So.
1: A nice little amuse-bouche to whet your appetite for the series. Um, I Sometimes I enjoy being Canadian because it really wasn't (laughs) that tricky to to track it down, it has come and gone on Netflix, you know, how sometimes things expire and come back, but we've had almost all of the Lucasfilm properties available through, you know, our main streaming service, which is Netflix. So, uh, wasn't an issue
0: for me, but. (laughs) Oh, so it is on Netflix over there.
1: Uh, it was up until recently. Um, I'm not sure if it's there right now, but I watched rebels and clone wars, both through my Netflix subscription. So I know that they've been there, you know,
0: recently. Yeah, I don't know if Rebels ever was on Netflix here. But okay. Clone Wars was. Clone and and that was just recently taken away because uh Disney has something up their sleeve yeah. coming in November.
1: <laughs> we will uh, be able to find all of this at a new home <laughs> at some point this fall. Yeah, Yeah.
0: So let's talk about some of these characters. So we hmm. got we got Kanan. What what stood out to you about Kanan?
1: Well, if we're talking just from the shorts and we're kind of right. putting on our like uh, our first run goggles, like pretending mm-hmm. like we don't know anything about where these characters are going. Uh, all you really get from the f- short that features him is that he's got some sort of camaraderie, but also a little bit of tension with Hera. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can see that, uh, they have a complicated relationship. You get a sense yep. of that. Cause they're, they're both kind of, um, contradicting each other and trying to send chopper to do other tasks. And yeah, they're just not exactly on the same page and you just get a, a sense of a little bit of smoldering there. Um, so that's really all you can really take away from the, the three minutes, uh, that he was featured because mm-hmm. that's really just more about showing the potential for the space dog fights, like how far their yeah. animation has come and being able to ape the, the energy of the live action movies.
0: Yeah. And I really loved the, the take on just like the animation look and feel Mm. of rebels. I think it's my favorite. I think I love the look of rebels more than any of the other animated series.
1: The first time through, I didn't really appreciate it because it felt more conventional. Like clone wars had a very distinct look. It had the sense of kind of like, um, Thunderbirds or like the marionette shows from the sixties. Like it had a, a painted, um, like wooden carved kind of aesthetic. Um, so to go from that to this, I thought, Oh, okay. It kind of feels like Disney's taken over and they're just sort of churning out a show that is more simplistic, but rewatching it on a decent screen without being distracted. Um, I gotta say it really pops and it really shines and you're right. It's engrossing. It's not overstated, right? Like the, the characters aren't, um, they don't have exaggerated physiques or they, it doesn't have the same sense of style as the other ones, but it's the one animated series that is the truest to the look and tone and feel of the live action, uh, original trilogy at least. And that's what feels so good about it is you, you feel like you're stepping into that original trilogy world and it's very effective at that.
0: Yeah. And just like you said, the look of it, it looks like something that is set in the timepiece of a new hope, which it is, um, or, you know, slightly before, but yeah, it's all, it's all great. Uh, we learn about Kanan and Hera, like they have that complicated relationship. We get a look at Zeb, who is um, an alien of sorts. Sure. And uh, he's prone to starting issues with some stormtroopers. And that <laughs> is that sets the stage for the rest of the series. That is for sure. sure. I think they did the best with Ezra and Zeb, as far as like, and, and even Sabine, as far as how they're going to respond to certain things sure. and what they're prone to do um, in these shorts. Because for... For Zeb and Sabine, like they're doing this all the time throughout the series.
1: Yeah, with Sabine in particular, you get a sense that uh she's just a, a cool operator. Like she's mm-hmm. she kind of always knows her next move. She's just yeah, very nimble and very confident. And you get that in her little short where, you know, she's always one step ahead of the stormtroopers and she's just playing them off each other. And you know, she's she's just she's a cool character. And they did a really good job of presenting that from you know the first second she steps onto screen. And who, who doesn't love a Mandalorian? So
0: Oh, yeah. And, and <laughs> oh I, I hope that we at least just see her armor in live action.
1: Well, if we only oh. see her armor, then the question is, right? well, yeah. what happened to her? <laughs> that someone exactly. else has her, her graffitied armor. Um, yeah, but who knows? <laughs> we'll, we'll have to table that till the Mandalorian comes out.
0: And then even Ezra, we see that he's good and skilled at stealing things right. because that's what he does in the in his short. He just starts stealing things, and uh, and I like that he takes the the, the stormtrooper's helmet and puts it on and just like the property of Ezra Bridger and mm-hmm. like totally outwitted uh, the stormtrooper pilot. And yep. he's Aladdin. He is. That is
1: true. Yeah, <laughs> that that was my take from just the short. Is yeah, mm-hmm. he they they you know they call him you know like a gutter rat the whatever, a, a Lothrat because he's from Lothali. They have like a term for the underclass and yeah, he's just, uh, trying to make his way, get a, get a piece of fruit <laughs> where he can. That's, you know, that's his deal at this point. Um, so yeah, that was my, my one note on it is, yeah, he's basically Aladdin. He's got a heart of gold, but he's in a desperate situation. So he's, you know, willing to bend the rules a little bit to get his next meal. That's, and mm. that, that's basically where he starts when the series really picks up in the next episodes.
0: And and I love that they didn't reveal what Ezra and Kanan specifically could do. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't really tell us what their real or where their real skills are, uh, you know, certain, certain things that they didn't reveal that it's really nice. Because once you get full on into season one, you start seeing things and it's really neat.
1: Yeah. You're not going to give that away in your
0: introduction. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you can't have Star Wars without a lovable droid, and they achieve that with Chopper.
1: Is he lovable or is he cranky?
0: I, see, I love him because he's cranky. <laughs>
1: well, that, that, that's fair. <laughs> all, the, all the best droids are a little cantankerous mm-hmm. and, yeah, a little prickly. They, they want to do their own thing. They don't always follow orders. Uh, and he's definitely in that vein.
0: Yeah, and, and I just, I love some droids with some character to them. Sure. Doesn't matter what type of character they have, just have some character, and I love it. Uh, and, yeah, and so these these shorts, they do a great job at establishing the tone, um, establishing some point of the background that is, that is necessary for you to get into season one. Because season one, they hit the ground running sure. with these characters. Uh, so without these shorts, you may be slightly confused or... kind of wondering like, okay, I want to know more about this and you get them from the shorts, So I love it. And I love that they, I know it's like a bait and switch type of thing. Watch it on YouTube and then, you know, watch it on (laughs) where we get the real money. Sure. But yeah, it's all great. Uh, And so how do you think that the series, the Clone Wars, impacted or influenced Rebels?
1: Well, there's a good question. I wish I had a really clever answer. I mean, like a lot of the same brain trust from Clone Wars was carried over into Rebels. So we know that, uh, Rebels is, uh, a true star Wars property. This isn't like another division of Disney. That's never touched star Wars before just turning out something that has the, the look or sound of star Wars because now they own it. No, this is, you know, creative people that understand what star Wars is and are invested in trying to tell a really great story. You feel that, and you feel that in clone wars not quite as much from the get-go in Clone Wars, but you can tell that it it really becomes a labor of love as they begin to invest in deeper stories and longer arcs. And, you know, when that show really starts to, uh, take off, you can, you can tell that it's a passion project for some of the people involved. And you do get that sense from this, maybe not quite as much from the shorts, because these are just kind of proof of concept to show how the show could kind of look and, and, uh, feel. But once we actually start talking about the, the first couple episodes, uh, I think you can see just how hard they tried to create a a truly memorable bit of star Wars fare with great characters and yeah, just a a great look and feel. And uh, I, I think that the legacy of clone wars is that it set the bar high. And so rebels had to kind of stay in that vein.
0: Yeah, for sure. They definitely had to stay in that vein. And, and I love that, that they brought together a very similar creative team Mm -hmm. uh, to this project and set the stage for where it's going. And man, we're, we are, I I believe that we are in this, where we are in the Star Wars fandom in part because of these shows, like sure. they united the fandom in, in such a way. Well, they,
1: they kept the, the franchise alive for, yes. you know, the decade between movies. So, uh, yeah, these were definitely, uh, pivotal in many ways. So. Yeah, you, you gotta applaud what they accomplished, but that's you know, that's the the bigger picture. <laughs> you don't really know that when you're just watching these premieres for the first time. Um, but they still feel like fun little funky adventures that uh somebody is really pouring a lot of time and effort into trying to make special. And you do feel that from the get-go with both of these series.
0: Yeah, well, I'm having a lot of fun going back and watching mm. these uh, shows, and I hope that our listeners are and that they join us next week as we dive in to more episodes of these animated series. Looking forward to it. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Star Wars TV Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Are these the people gonna die? Please leave us a review on iTunes. For every ten, we give away some awesome Star Wars merchandise. And you can find us on Twitter at Star Wars TV Talk and on Facebook at Facebook.com/Star Wars TV Talk. You can also check out our website, www.starwarstvtalk.com. And a special thanks to Laid Wogan for this intro and outro music. You can follow him on SoundCloud.com/Slash Laidwogan. Thanks for listening, and remember, the Force will be with you. Always.